Uh, I had read a very interesting quote that in 2017, uh, people reported that they were on their phones 70% of the time. Since the pandemic, it's it's a hundred percent. It's continuous. There is no break, really. And when you, you know, you go out to dinner, everybody's sitting at the table looking at their phones and not talking to each other. I come from a, a generation, you know, I'm older. I come from a generation where you talked. I mean, you talked on the phone, you got together, you talked, talked to girls, you know, we talked all night. I mean, it was just normal. People just seem to have less. I'm not going to say it's patience. I just think they, they feel like they're, they're more overwhelmed. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Weekly Wassel. We are here with another edition, and now I'm joined by an author, Tammy. Tammy is the author of the book called Text Messages to My Son. I would not introduce anything about the book because I really want Tammy to introduce herself. I think that's going to be the best way to introduce a book. So before we get into that, Tammy, how are you doing? Hey, Aha, thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing fine. It is a beautiful day in New York City. And uh, thank you really again for, you know, welcoming me onto this call. So you're from New York. I'm curling in from the Netherlands. How is the weather there? My gosh, you know what? We're going into the 60s today. Now, I don't remember how to do like the whole Celsius conversion thing, but that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's beautiful weather. It's been quite lovely. We're in fall, but it's it's been it's been good. It's New York, you know, in the when you have a nice day in New York, it's a great city. It's the best. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah, so we're, we're happy the weather's okay. That's great. We want to come there. Me and my wife are planning to come there next year, but we just had a little one. She's like four months old and oh, uh, we don't know how to travel with the little one. Uh, thank you so oh, much. Oh, that's wonderful. That was... You come to New York, you let me know. Seriously. Yeah, definitely. I will I will actually catch you up on that offer. One of the reasons I'm really I'm enjoying these conversations <laughs> is that I get to meet so many different people mm-hmm. and I get to make connections where there couldn't be any connections. And on that note, having a daughter, uh, I was I came across your profile. I thought about your book and I was like, okay, I have a daughter now. I want to leave her something special. And that is where the book comes from. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and tell us, of course, a little bit about yourself as well. I think I want to introduce yourself properly to the audience. And yeah, what got you to write the book? Well, okay. So text messages to my sons is the book. And I... Uh, I honestly wrote it from, I call it a labor of love, just like, you know, I, I have three sons and um, it, that's where it came from. It came from my wanting, my desire to connect to them in, in a completely different way. As a matter of fact, the full title of the book is Text Messages to My Sons, Connecting Deeply in a World of Devices. Because let's face it, we live in a world of devices today. Um, everybody's on a phone, they're on a pad, they're on, they're on something. And it's 24 seven. I had read a very interesting quote that in 2017, uh, people reported that they were on their phones 70% of the time. Since the pandemic, it's it's 100%, it's continuous. There is no break really. And when you, you know, you go out to dinner, everybody's sitting at the table looking at their phones and not talking to each other. I come from a, a generation, you know, I'm older. I come from a generation where you talked. I mean, you talked on the phone, you got together, you talked, talked to girls, you know, we talked all night. I mean, it was just normal. People just seem to have less, I'm not going to say it's patience. I just think they, they feel like they're, they're more overwhelmed. They're either more stressed out in their life, they have more going on than maybe we did 30 years ago, and they're bombarded so much with information through a phone or a pad or whatever they're using that 
their time is like shrinking and shrinking where they actually feel they don't have time. And that was one of the, the interesting things about the pandemic is we were shut down. We still had internet, but we were shut down. So people started kind of thinking like, how do I navigate this? And it was for me over the pandemic that I started texting my sons. I decided that I wanted to, you know, reach out to them and, and connect with them in a very different way than I'd been doing all the years prior. My sons are not young, they're, they're older, <coughs> excuse me. They're in their 20s. My oldest is at just turned 30. So I said, okay, you know what? It's never too late to connect. It's never too late to reset a button. It's never too late to, you know, become a better version of yourself. It's always possible. And you know what? The best things you could do is share that with your loved ones, share that with your children, because you're the, you're a role model in a lot of ways, right? So they become proud and they become actually more open when they see you're being more open and that you're trying something different and something new. And you're not just doing, you know, the same relationship business as usual. Business as usual. No, I, I completely agree. I have so many questions already from from what you, what you have said. I really like that uh, element. So let's walk from the start. First, you talked about addictions to phones, right? And yeah. I, I, I am baffled myself because you know what? I tried, to be honest. I'm young, right, Tammy? But I still try to live without a phone. I, my phone was broken for a month. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to get a replacement. I'm going to get those little Nokias. And I'm going to live a life without a smartphone. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. But... Mm-hmm. I realized we are living in a society that the system is not really geared for dumb phones anymore, right? I went out and I got a fine. And I realized why I got a fine because I forgot to turn the parking on because I usually do that with my smartphone, right? Otherwise, I I had to go and go to the thing. I couldn't pay somewhere because I didn't have my card with me because I used my phone to pay through the Google Pay or Apple Pay or whatever have you. So slowly, slowly, I started realizing the hindrances. I was like, okay, we need to have a smartphone, but it is so bad to have a smartphone, as you said. And my theory on why people think that there's less time is actually that because of social media making it so easy for us, in phones making it so easy for us to entertain ourselves, we think it's a lot of effort to entertain ourselves physically or outside of that, right? As you said yourself, getting up every morning, messaging your sons is effort. No matter how much you love it, it is effort. And these are your sons. Imagine messaging someone who's a friend or who's an acquaintance. It becomes a bit bit more energy intensive and slowly, slowly it becomes. So, so my first question to you is, how is your uh, relationship with your phone? And did that have an impact in you writing this book in any way? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question, Ahad. I'll tell you, okay, with text messages to my sons, I, I'm, I use a phone for texting and certain things, but... I don't love the phone. It makes it life more convenient, 100%. But I'm not, social media, I, I, it's like a foreign, I don't, I don't get it actually. I don't see the point of even social media. I really don't because all it does is harm people and give, make them feel like worthless, a lot of it. And then the other side of it is just hate spreading, you know, violence, incitement, indoctrination, brainwashing, all the stuff. I mean, I really realized since October 7th in particular, like why I was compelled to write text messages to my sons, because imagine a world that we lived in where the messages were just love. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go out and, and murder somebody or commit an atrocity or think things are okay if you weren't, you know, receiving completely different messages from your community, your education, your, your government, your family. 
you would be a completely different person. You would, you would feel completely differently about yourself. You would want opportunity to better your life because you, you don't understand, you feel value, you feel worthy. So one of the things that I realized is that you, I try to stay off of the phone because I find that some of these messages out there, they just destroy your life. I won't even look at my phone first thing in the morning when I wake up. I try to meditate and do certain things, you know, because you don't even want to start your day looking at it. So that's when I decided, like, since the young generation, the, the kids, they're learning from the womb. I mean, they're coming out, they're swiping, they're doing stuff. I That's why I'm like, you know what? It's never too late. I'm going to message at least my kids because you know what? I'm messaging my kids. I put this in a book. I shared it with my friends and they're doing it. Now, if we affect one, two, three people in our immediate lives, they affect other people and so on. There was a very famous commercial, a well balsam. It was like, it was a shampoo and you tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. So that's my attitude. Like if we all take responsibility to be positive and send love to our people closest to us, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to start doing it and it's going to become more normal versus, you know, the other stuff, which I know for some reason, like disaster, hatred, all this like is very eye catching and people get engrossed in it, but it's really bad for you. It's bad for your head. It's bad for your psyche. It's just stress. You know, the, the, the energy level of hatred, the vibration of that is zero. It's terrible. And it's terrible for you. The energy of love, gratitude, and this is scientifically proven, the vibration, the, the frequency of where it vibrates and where you're at is all the way up here. You really change the systems in your body. You change the way your brain is. You rewire your brain. You create dopamine and great feeling, and you just push that out. And that's what we need more, more of. So I said, let me, you know, let me text my sons. And then I said, let me put it into a book text messages to my sons because there is a method to it and it's not hard taking five minutes in the think about how many minutes you have in a day okay even with sleeping think about how many minutes you have in a week i do it monday through friday okay so i'm not texting on the weekend but it takes a couple of minutes and it's so easy and they they love it they love it to the point that they wrote the forward for the book because it makes them feel good i'm not saying they send me back all this information. No, they just send me back. Love you. Great message. Heart emoji, something, but they're looking at it and they're acknowledging that this, this message, they're acknowledging it. So I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's great. And these are, these are, these are guys. Now I know girls, it's no different. Just like Harry Potter appealed to the girl population and the boy population. It, it, it titles text messages, my sons, but it could work with any, Body, with your daughter, because every message with your grandchildren, with your friends, with your nieces, with your nephews, with your community, with anybody you want, because every message I start off with good morning, sunshine. It's not to my son, you, you're exalted being. It's just good morning, sunshine. And then I end it with how much I love them. That's easy. That goes to anybody, you know, basically. And then the message in between is you know, is the message in between. So uh, that's how I do it. And I think it applies to anybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. I started this with my sons because that's my, you know, that's my child. Those are my children. But it could it could work anywhere with anybody.
I, I, I said it to you this also before we were starting that I think it's a wonderful, wonderful idea because we need more of love in our lives. As you said to yourself, the thing is, in my opinion, it is not good for any person with the current news cycle and the hate cycle, but it's good for yeah. business, right? And that is exactly why it works because they want to earn money from all the eyeballs that can only negative. Because you know why I think of it this way? Because you were telling me right now how your sons reacted to you first few times when you were when you were talking about this and when you're sending them these messages. What, what were they saying when you were sending it for the first few times? Well, in the beginning, they were just like, yeah. what's this? You know, like, what are you doing? And then they were like... Uh, Inter- that's interesting. And then they were like, these are long texts. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but you know me, I send long emails too. But at the end of the day, they were like, well written, like these are, it's well written. And they were like, this is interesting because I was sharing knowledge. So what happened was when it, we were all kind of shut down during the pandemic and, and things had radically changed pretty quickly. Um, I was at this point in my life where I wasn't happy. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like what my, my thoughts were. I realized I'd always been walking around with these very limiting views and, and beliefs. And I, I was just living in this, not a good place. And I was not really an advocate for myself either. So I said, okay, God shut us all down for a reason. Not that this is, look, I never said the pandemic is, it was a great thing. I'm not saying it was full of challenges, but there was something good that we were shut down. We had to think, we had to think about our lives. A lot of people did. That was, that's why it was called the great resignation. And I thought about my life and I said, I want to make a change. And it wasn't like I was 20 years old to make a change, but I said, I'm going to do this. And I started, I immersed myself into the whole mindset. Like, you know, I I don't call it self-help. I call it more learning and doing workshops and programs. And I got really into mind Valley and learning from, they have a lot of, great thinkers there and uh, Tony Robbins and Joe Dispenza and Lifebook. And I was just, just reading and reading so many interesting business books from visionaries and just I, Robin Sharma, uh, Jay Shetty. I was just really getting into that whole world and I found it fascinating and I loved it. Um, I was learning about quantum physics, quantum mind Academy. I was just doing a lot of stuff and I still am. I never stopped. And I said, wow, this is so interesting. I want to share it with my kids because I honestly think that if I, if I had to do it all over again, I would tell them defund college <laughs> and universities and expand your mind, you know, yeah. expand your yeah. mind differently. Yeah. Rewire your, your neural pathways, become worthy. Um, go on an entrepreneurial track. At least my, my sons went to school that was business school, entrepreneurial school. They went to Babson. They weren't, it wasn't as, Political, they weren't they weren't indoctrinating kids on campus, small school, great. My youngest son went to Binghamton and it's changed a lot. Uh, but I just was kind of like, this is this is really cool. Like I'm learning things that are really helping me at this point in my life. So if younger people started doing this, wow, it'd be really good for them. So yeah. that was it. And then I started incorporating quotes and what do you think of this? And what do you think of breathing? And what do you think of that? And like I do this and I look, I, I noticed the nature. I never noticed nature. I never stopped and thought about it and how beauty, I never saw the beauty around me. I never had the time. I never thought about it because I wasn't wired to think that way. And I wasn't feeling good enough about myself to even notice beauty. So I said, I pointed it out to them and they really responded. They said, wow, you know, and we would, we get together every Friday night for Shabbat dinner and uh, we try 
every Friday night because they don't feel that you don't need to live at home. And um, we would talk about the message or we would talk about something. But what, there wasn't a book then. It was just like a message I sent them. So it opens up communication in a little different way. And um, and finally, you know, like I said, my friends were just like trying it with their kids and they were getting really nice results. They're like, I feel like my relationship's changing because my daughter, you know, is just responding differently because I'm talking to her differently. Yeah. You know, you like, can't you expect know, like, a person to give you certain things when you're talking to them a certain way and you're not even aware of it because your mother spoke to you that way or you're, you know, this is what, yeah. like, you can't expect different. And yeah, kids are going through all kinds of things. Look, there's different age groups and they have the hormones and the this and everything's going on and you have a baby and you'll see each stage. Listen, when they're babies and they're little, they just, they, all they want to do is be with you. They love you. They can't get enough of you. And then one day you just don't matter. And their kid, their friends matter. That's just how it is. And then one day they come back. It's like what you're doing in between with them, you know, but yeah, you have to be the parent. Yes. You know, you're not their best friends either. It's just, that's true. They need, everybody needs to know parameters and they need to know their boundaries and stuff like that. But it's just how you go about it and the tone you use and how you speak to them and how you share with them and you act real and you act human with them and make the kid, they can spot a phony a mile away. They can spot somebody who's in anxiety. They can spot when things aren't good. Kids know when your marriage sticks. Kids know when you're not okay. They know it. And when you pretend like you're fine, that confuses them even more, even more. So it's, there's a, you know, there's a lot there that, that can work. And I hope with my book, with text messages to my sons that it gives parents an idea or it gives people an idea how to go about it. Each chapter at the end of each chapter, we have 10 chapters in the book and it's all written in text format because it's text, they're text messages. So it's easy to read. You know, it's just text, it's texts, text. And what's really fun is at the end of each chapter, we have lines. We're like, try it, try a message, write your own message, just try it. Like you can pull from my messages. You can just get inspired and say, hey, I, I thought of something I want to write. Then just send it. It's not hard. <laughs> it's yeah. very easy. No, I, I, I really love the the concept and I really love what you meant about being a parent. I think, I think that is very, very important. And that's something as a new parent, as you mentioned, for me is also something I'm really thinking of it already. Yes, you want to be a parent, parameters and discipline and all of that is very, very important. But yeah, the way your mother talked to you might not be the best way to talk to your children because mm-hmm. times have changed, right? And maybe that's why all of these friends of yours and their relationships are getting better because in this relationship, in the way you're texting now, it's not about dictating or, or or ordering right it's about sharing and it's about caring right. it becomes more like more like the motherly love that was in the past right like you're like you know what i i'm gonna protect you from everything and then once they get old they want to get out of that protection again and now the time is exactly. that they, you're like they're like you know what we would like that protection again because the world is cruel and yes mom's comfort is mom's comfort at the end of the day so it's it's wonderful to see and i do want everyone here to be able to listen to or read one of those things so do you have an excerpt on hand or a text message that you can oh read? i just happen to have my book here so yes <laughs> i will i will i will find one that i really like yes okay okay you ready i have one i just opened the book and i found one another gorgeous well good morning sunshine Another gorgeous day. I have been thinking about the concept of kindness. I think this time of year brings out this type of thinking more than perhaps any time, any time of year. 
But just think how this world would flip in a minute if everyone practiced kindness regularly. I just read a quote by Maya Angela, which is probably what triggered me to write this today. She said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. <clears throat> that is so deep. Basically build people up. Don't tear people down. Help people who need it. And if you have nothing good to say about someone or something, just don't say anything. Treat people with dignity, kindness, and respect. I'm going to really start living this. I think the world of you, my love. Oh, I think the world of you, my love for you is endless. So that's just one of the messages, but it's about kindness. I, you know, that's a very good. And I said, answer. I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to do this. You know, like I'm going to try to keep my mouth yeah. shut and not speak about people. I'm going to try, you know, I notice I walk down the street and I'll smile, I'll be smiling and people smile back at you when you smile. If you don't smile, they're not going to smile. So that energy of joy, of kindness, of, of compassion, it, it goes out. People feel it. They don't know what it is. They may not realize what's going on, but they'll respond to it. And I find that, you know, that's basically what I wanted to share is here's what I learned. Here's what I think. I saw this quote and it made me feel this way, but I'm going to do it. Not you do it. You, you know, I tell them you should do yeah. it, but I'm, I'm saying I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I think it, it it connects with them a little bit more because I'm I'm being able to say, I need to do this. I need to work on this. Like you should do it, but I need to do it too. So yeah. that's helpful, I think. Yeah. And even if you don't say it, you should do it, the fact that you just share it without any compulsion, that really helps, right? Then they don't feel pressured because the rebel inside them wants to always do the opposite of what mom is saying them to do, right? It's always <laughs> going to be like that. So when the mom says, no, uh -huh. I'm going to do it. I'm just sharing this with you. Then you don't feel the compulsion. So you're like, maybe mom's right. Let me try this out. Because it's not just with moms, okay? It's also with wives. My wife is almost always, and I, I'm being honest here, 90% of them, she's right. Whenever we're having an argument. And it annoys <laughs> me more the fact that she's right rather than the fact that she's right. I'm like, why is she always right? And that makes me want to do stupid things more and do the opposite more just to annoy her because I'm like, you know what? She's going to be right anyway. So what's the point? Why, why, why oh my God. I love it? that. You are, you are, I, first of all, I love that you said that. And second of all, I love you admitted it. Most people wouldn't even admit that. <laughs> I think it's great. It, it, it is what it is, right? You have to accept it. It's very difficult for us to do. And I think that's the thing. You accepted your role as a mother here. And your role is not to be a dictator. Your role is not to be a, an orderer anymore. It's about to be about to be a guide, right? a supporter. That you know what? Your children are now, their rings are open. They're out in the world. They're hitting their 30s. They have life figured out. And now they don't want anyone to handhold them. They just want to hear new experiences. So when you as a mother accept that and you stop with the, the normal things, and in, in the Eastern world, mothers micromanage a lot. I do not know how the Western world is, but in the Eastern world, mothers micromanage a lot. And that's one of the reasons we find difficulties with our parents because we're like, you know what, we're old now. No need to micromanage us anymore. So this doesn't feel like micromanaging. There's a little tidbits. And I don't think they were that long, to be honest. I think they were wonderful. <laughs> size, yeah, well, you know, so. my kids are just like, your texts are really long. No, but I was like, yeah, and even my husband's, my husband, who is hysterical because he, English is like his fourth language. So he's, yeah. he always reads books in, you know, his, in, in, in his language because yeah. they'll get the translation because it's just easier. And I get that. Like, it's like me trying to read a book in another language that it's not yeah. my first language, yeah. but uh, he read it. He read the whole thing. I was like, you read the book. He's like, yeah, I read it. It was really great. He goes, it was easy to read. I was like. <laughs> You read my book. I'm shocked because 
he never reads like books in English. And I and he's like, and he's telling people because you got to read this book. It's really good. I'm not just saying it because I'm married to her. It's really good, but it's also easy to read. <laughs> it helps. It really helps. So uh, how has it been going so far in writing the book? What I really like uh, to talk about is not just what the book is about. Okay, we talked a lot about that, but I've always admired writers and authors because I have never sat down. As I told you, I write some newsletters, right? So when I'm sitting down to write like a thousand word or like a 1500 word newsletter, I get exhausted and I go like, this isn't happening. So how do you write a book with 10 pages long? What is your experience and what do you think was the most part you struggled with? Because I think that's very important and adds that's to the That's a really good question. Uh -huh. That's really good. Okay. So one thing I realized when I decided I was going to put this into a book, because remember, I it was just to me, it was just texting to my kids. It was the advice of people around me. They're like, oh, you should, you should put those text messages into it. You should do a book. This is important. So I said, okay. What I did was, I the first thing I did was I did research on publishing and self-publishing and how that go how to go about that because I knew I was going to be self-publishing. But I actually got very smart and went with a company called Pen for Hire. <clears throat> Pen for Hire is uh, they probably work anywhere because it's all virtual. But they were they're they're editors. They have designers. They have different things. That's a team. I didn't know what I was doing. So when you produce something, even though the text messages, you want to make sure it's edited well. It's the, you know, like that, the, the, the sex, I, they didn't change my sentence structures, but you don't want to put stuff out there with where you misspelled something, you know, yeah. because when you're texting, sometimes you spell it. It's okay with your kids, but <laughs> you know, when you're putting it in a book, so they were really great. And his, his team in, and, and Matt, who I work with, Matt Harms was just, amazing because he was really involved and he gave me some really good advice because I didn't know, I don't know that world. I don't, I never wrote one. It's not like I'm an, a seasoned author and I know what I have an agent and this and that I was doing it myself. So the first thing I would say to anybody who wants to write a book, go with it, get with a team, you know, find a team that has editors that can go through everything. Because remember, I have a lot of quotes in my book. I have a lot of information that I'm sharing. So they had to come up with the citation pages where the things are footnoted, where there's the references are there. Now I learned something because, you know, when we were going back and forth with all the, the, the footnote, with all the quotes, there were a lot of quotes there that I saw here or there online and they were attributed to not the right person. So when you're on social media and you see a celebrity who said a quote and everybody's sharing it, 99% of the time, the celebrity did not say it. They are saying some quote that they heard somewhere or they read on Google and they're saying it and everybody's saying, oh, what a genius. They said that quote. They're not, they're not saying it. So I learned that firsthand. It's not there. They didn't come up with that. But when you're reading a book from uh, somebody like a Stephen Covey or a Napoleon um, Hill or Robin Sharma or one of these guys, you know, they're, they're properly you know, they're saying it and they're probably, they're properly quoted. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was a big eye opener. I wouldn't have known how to do the citation page 100% and it would have taken me a very long time to check all that information. So that was another great thing. Um, and then the, their design team came up with the idea to write it actually in text formatting where, you know, we have the finger emoji, we have the sun emoji, we have the heart emojis, 
we have, you know, uh, like actual little text messages, but it's really written. Like when you're looking at your screen, that's what it looks like. So that was really cool. For the, um, the covers, and I learned this, I had no idea that people buy books based on the cover. The front cover, the back cover, that's what they look at first and that's what they look at second. And then they read the overview in the back cover. Sometimes they'll look at who the author is, but not that much. Uh, so those covers have to be appealing. And I um, hired my oldest son, because my kids were, you know, they got involved with, with this. They were very excited about the whole project. And they, my oldest son, David, um, connected me with Anna Beginsky, who's a great designer, and she designed the cover, which is the text icon. And people love it. She designed the back cover. They love it. They, they, it, it's attractive. It stands out. It's a very vibrant green. It's like a glow-in-the-dark green and black and white, and it's a text message. That's what the cover looks like. So you know exactly what this book is. There is no trying to figure it out. And that's why I'm like, look, uh, yes, my book's on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. It's in several markets. It's not just the U.S. market. It's in Canada, the U.K., Netherlands. It's out there. It's there. But at the end of the day, that's the self-publishing side. And working with Pen for Hire, they helped me. They did a, a lot to get it onto Amazon because that's a whole other process. Yeah. yeah and doing it yeah, right. Yeah. So it's an expense, yes. Hiring help people to help you, hiring a company that knows how to do this. But think about it. Aha, how valuable is your time? Do you want to spend, it, it took us seven or eight months to put this together. Do you want to spend 10 years trying to figure this out? Or do you want to get it up and done, spend the money and make sure it's done right? Like that's my recommendation to anybody who's going to write a book. You can do it. If I did it, anybody can do it. Okay. That's number one. There's no, I can't write a book. You can write a book. But Get, your, get a team, hire a team to do the project so that when you're ready to go into that stage of the publishing side, that it's they checking everything because you don't want to make a mistake and you don't want to spend more and more hours trying to figure stuff out. It's enough that you wrote the information. That's my advice for anything. I think that's, that's, uh, that's great to hear. I, I will not be writing a book anytime soon, but if I do, it's going to be according to the process because I, I agree with you hundred uh, percent right now, even with my newsletters and the whole Wassel project, I don't do it uh, myself. I have a team that does helps me because I have a whole full-time job and then a fatherhood. Right. You have your things to do. You can't really be doing it. And I sincerely believe experts are there for a reason. You can never be good at everything. So be okay with delegating and being okay with giving it out to people and trust that they're going to do the work. So it's very, very nice 100%. to have that ability. Right? So let's bring the conversation back to the book. You talked about kindness. That was an excerpt. I want to know a little bit more about the themes that you cover. So you told me you were reading a lot about uh, vibrations and positive feelings and you have... Uh, what do you call it? Mind Valley, Jay Shetty. So what are the themes that your book covers? Is it only about life and kindness or is it also about something else? Well, the book is written, uh, Text Message to My Sons has 10 chapters and each chapter has a theme. And the messages that apply to that theme are in that chapter. So gratitude and mindfulness are chapter one. Dedication and discipline is chapter two. Mindset by itself is chapter three. Then we go into fulfillment and purpose, growth and personal development, love and family, time and nature, belief and positivity, leadership. And then the last one is advice, where I actually do give a little bit of advice, but most of the advice is coming from 
people who are way smarter than me because a very, Tony Robbins, I remember when I did Unleash the Power Within, he, was, he said, read. Because what somebody took 30 years to figure out, they're sharing with you in a book that could take you two weeks or a week to figure out, to get that information. Read. So that was like my advice with them is always read because you're learning from somebody who took the time to figure it out and they're sharing it with you. You don't have to figure it out for yourself because that's that, really that, interesting. Yeah, and that it baffles me how many how much information is out there that we're not willing to consume just because we're busy, quote unquote, with our lives, right? Like we're like mm-hmm. so busy hustling or building or doing something that we don't realize the time to focus on ourselves. Even for me, I, I, I am not a reader, to be honest, but I try to force myself to read and I read like a book in one or two weeks. And even sometimes I forget and I'm like, oh, I'm so busy. I have to do this. I have to take care of my daughter. But no, you have to avidly take out time. And this goes back to what you said about taking out time for the people you love as well, right? It's all mm-hmm. about taking out time. And I don't like that word, taking out time, because that means that you're doing something that you don't want to do. Take out time. No, you need to put time in for these things. These are more important than other stuff. Focusing on your development, focusing on your loved ones. The, the, do you know about the research by Harvard about the longest study ever done? since 1938 on happiness. So this was this has been done since 1938. And right now it's in its fourth generation of researchers. So this is the fourth researcher to take over the research. And they ask, okay, what is the number one thing that people recommend for a happy, a happy life? Number one was exercise. Number two was relationships. Yeah, money, money was number three or four, but not in the top two, because they were yeah. like relationships matter. And you need to take the time or put in the time to make that effort happen. So how does it, how could you give an advice to the people listening in becoming better at building the relationships around them? Because to be honest, Tammy, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I'm building this new project, right? What you, which you're on right now, Russell and everything that we're doing together. I have to reach out to people to support me and it hurts. Is it ego? I don't know. It is what I don't know. I don't like asking for help. I don't like messaging people to be like, Hey, I started this thing. Can you, you want to want to try it out with me? Want to do something? So I am looking for advice, let alone the people who are listening to this. So what advice could you give in trying to be asking or building better relationships so that we're able to be in this safe space where we can learn? Well, that's a really good, that's a very good question. I, I, it's interesting. My, uh, my website, I have a website called TC Brand Consulting because my, my day job is a brand consultant. And I, but I realized in my life that I'm a connector. I, that's what I do naturally. And I do that. I've, I've built some really great networks. I founded uh, Women Beyond the Table, which is a women's business network. It's global now. I also have a podcast where I connect women and they share their stories on, on, on the podcast. It's called the Beyond the Table podcast. I wrote this book, Connecting Deeply in a World of Devices, because that's what I realized. Like, that's, that's what I do. I, you know what? I, I find that you, people want to be, they want to, they want to feel that somebody cares. I heard there was a study about depression, like why are people depressed and they're being medicated. It's not, it's not solving the problem. It's just covering the symptom. And then you get used yeah. to the medication and you you go back to depression. So what do you think the two major reasons for depression are? Mostly it's, they say one is, they're isolated. They don't not connected to anyone. They don't have relations. They don't feel love. They don't feel connected to anybody. 
The other one is no sense of purpose. You give people connection and you give them a sense of purpose, they do much better. Even if it's a sense of purpose of plant, making a garden grow, they'll do much better, okay? So my thing is what I've always done is I take the time to talk to people. This goes back to communication, to check in. Are you okay? To, because people, you know, people basically inherently are kind. I have known in, in my, this network where we leverage social capital quite a bit and women be on the table. It's not so much that you're, you can't be afraid of the ask. You have to be able to say, I need help. Will you help me with this? People want to help people. They're just not asked. Nobody's volunteering to help people. Really. I mean, yes, you want to give back. You want to do, you want to this. But I have found that if I don't know an answer to something, I will reach out to somebody and ask. Do you know who knows the answer to this? Do you know how I can get help solving this issue? And guess what? Anybody comes to me, I'll take the time to listen to them and say, I'll figure it out, or I'll find somebody who knows the answer. People ask me to connect them all the time, and I do it. I don't get paid for it. I do it because, not because it's a pay-it-forward attitude. I do it because it's the right thing to do, and people want to, it's a, it's a natural thing. I want to help too, and people want to be helped, and they want to help back. That's just like when I was saying, when you walk down the street and you smile, people will smile back at you. They might not smile otherwise, but they'll respond. So it takes may take a little time. You go through the people who are closest to you and you ask them for help. You ask them who they know, who can, who can expand your network or your base. You go that way. You try to get as much information as you can and um, do some research and see what groups are out there that have ways to help you expand your business or that can help you reach out. Like, for example, our podcast is on Buzzspread and they have so many tools to reach out. That's all they do is podcasts. So they're very focused. You know, it's so you just like start like that way, but everybody starts with one step at a time. I tell people, take one step. <laughs> you did, you started a podcast. Take one step. Do the next, the next step will come. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Be authentic. Be real with people. And every step will open up. Like the text messages yeah. to my sons with this book. If you would have told me two, three years ago, just three years ago, oh, you'll be the founder of a woman's business network. You'll have a great website. You'll author a book and you'll start a podcast. I would have looked at you like you were insane and needed to be institutionalized. <laughs> and it happened because I just took a step. Yeah. And people, step. like I said, ways open, doors open. God wants you to do well and people want you to do well. And whoever yeah. doesn't want you to do well, you'll figure it out really quickly and you'll just not be involved with them. That's all. Cut them out. Yeah, no, I think I, I really resonate with uh, your smiling uh, analogy. I also heard something very similar. It's called not everyone waves, but everyone, almost everyone waves back, right? So no one is willing to take the first step. But once you take the first step, almost everyone will respond to you. So it takes it takes a while to take the first step. And I think taking the first step into authorship, into writing has been this book for you. And I really, really hope it, it goes well. I can already feel like it's going to be an interesting book. Uh, I would love to, uh, it's already been sent to me. So I will I would love to uh, see how it goes for me, what I learned from it and what I will, I will do with it. I think uh, there's a gem of stuff. Just by talking to you, I can feel that there's a lot that I can learn from it. So Tammy, that's, that's amazing. I want to move on to talk a little bit more about your day job. You also told me you'll have a restaurant. 
and then yeah. uh, give you give you some space to talk a little bit about anything you want to talk about before that is there anything else about the book that you would like to share with us well you know text message to my sons is available on amazon and um you know what it's just i feel like today these days more than before because this book published not that long ago but i feel today that this the messages what the book is is about is so important. I feel like we're losing a battle against evil. And I think yeah. that we have to really bring light and we have to think rethink a lot of things. In our country, in the US, globally, it's a very treacherous, scary time. And I think this is it. We need to change it. We need to pivot and change it. And I believe messaging and doing it however you can do it, whatever device you want to do it on, or if you have people you want to do it in person, just start being kind, gratitude, love, sending love, because love is the highest power frequency out there. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for the lovely uh, comments. I really, really believe uh, as well that kindness is the answer to all most, if not all problems in the world. I mm -hmm. think it really, really, really helps. And we want to put that vibes out there. So moving on, to my other passion that is as restauranteur or restaurantship. I really, really love it. I do want to open it one day, but you already have a restaurant. So I heard you yes. sneak that in once. Uh, and you also work as a day job as a marketer or a brand brand manager. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? What do you do? Where can we find you and anything else? Uh, what kind of restaurant? What cuisine? Okay. So 18 I'm restaurant is, is our restaurant. Um, my husband runs all restaurant. It's located on the Upper East Side of Manhattan on 81st Street. It's it's a, a black kosher restaurant. And it's been open for over 13 years, which is no easy feat in New York, especially during the pandemic. But we are a very kind of downtown looking place that's uptown where the cheers of like the kosher world. Um, and the food is great. It's a mix of uh, kebabs and grill and uh, sushi. We have amazing sushi and um Mediterranean salads and yeah. specials. It's, we have a bar. It's just very warm home cooking kind of place. So people love it. And that's probably why we've been around so long because it's, in New York, it's just, you know, 18 months is a shelf life of a restaurant. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's always been an, a really great passion. And I, yes, I'm a brand messaging consultant. I've been focusing most of my uh, work for the last 13 years in the gem and jewelry space. Yeah. And I work with um, gem and jewelry clients to position either their brands or make connections for them because I have a lot of those connections. I help them build networks and bring in more business. But um, yeah, that's my thing. And then I realized that really after all this time, and I just redid my website um, where anybody can contact me. It's T is in Tom, Cohen, C is in Cat, TC. Brand Consulting, B-R-A-N-D Consulting.com. And that's where you can contact me or find out more about Women Beyond the Table, find out, which also has its own website, find out about the podcast, find out about text messages to my sons. Um, and then you can reach me on social media, Tammy J. Cohen, Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, J is in Jack, Cohen, C-O-H-E-N. On Instagram, text messages to my sons is on Instagram and Facebook as text messages to my sons. It's on Amazon and um, Tammy Cohen is on LinkedIn. So I'm very reachable. And anybody who wants 
advice or who want, not advice, anybody who wants information as to how to do something or to take the next step or wants to know more or needs help with something, I'm, they can definitely reach out to me. I'm happy to share. That, that's great. I will take you up on that offer if I'm in New York next time. I would become a restaurant. Yeah, yeah I'll take you to the restaurant, of course. Yes, I would love that. To it. Kebabs are my favorite. Uh, I won't say it's my favorite cuisine, but think of it as my favorite cuisine because I love kebabs from any cuisine. <laughs> so it's uh, it's always very fun for me to have it. So I really, really am excited to hear for you. I'm really excited about this book, Tammy. I really, really hope uh, you get uh, to spread your message a little bit more. There are some ideas in my head that I think would be also uh, would work great. And I would talk to you about them uh, afterwards. But I think the concept that you have created has really resonated with me that I've wrote it down as positive reaffirmations. And I feel like even in just your local groups, you can have WhatsApp uh, or we use WhatsApp a lot here. We don't use text. I think in the US, uh, SMS is a bit more common. That's what I Well, I've we're heard. using a lot of uh, WhatsApp also. Yeah. Yeah. So here, WhatsApp, you can just think of it a place where you can share your positive musings with anyone who is willing to listen, who's willing to read. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that I learned from this conversation. I hope you had as much fun as I did because I had a lot of fun and listening. To I you had today. a great time and you're so easy to talk with. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you everyone else for listening. You, as Tammy said, all the links will be shared in the, in the show notes. So you can reach out to her if you want. The book is available everywhere, right? Tammy everywhere. Amazon. It's available everywhere on Amazon. <laughs> yes. So you guys go buy a copy, support uh, the project because everyone, we do need more love and kindness in this world. And I hope uh, you guys got the message as clearly as I did. Tammy, thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. And I really enjoyed speaking with you and I can't wait to continue the conversation. Great. Thank you so much for everybody. Let's talk to you next time. Happy Friday.